I'm Dwayne Brummett, he's Ali Albarigo, and this is the School Owner Talk Podcast. Hello, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Good morning, Ali. Nice to be with you, sir. It's amazing to be with you, too. I, when when I texted you yesterday or the day before, I'm like, have we done a podcast since uh, our 300th anniversary episode? And you're like, nope, I couldn't remember. It's been a, a few weeks that we haven't done a call, a show. Yeah, we've both been uh, out and about and on vacations and taking yeah. time off. So that's- Yeah, and, and also I think we only do we, – we don't do one next week, right? The 22nd on the Wednesday. Are we doing one? Uh, you mean the 15th. The fifteenth, right? That's and then are we doing one on the twenty second too, or no? I, uh, no, the so the second or the twenty ninth. This is, so we have two more for the rest of the year, right? So we yeah, so we have just one, this one and and next week. Yep. And then we take a break and we're back after the new year. Yes, sir. Yeah, and uh, so why don't you tell everybody today what we're going to be talking about, and then um, I, I at the end of today, I, I definitely want to inform everybody about the next one because i'm not that i'm not excited about talking about today but i am extremely excited also about uh, our one next week but but yeah let everybody know what are we uh discussing well today? i think i think it's so important for us you know to you know life is crazy and hectic right now right i mean we we all have probably felt it like more so than ever like i have you ever felt yourself longing for like the old days like back in the 80s where it just seemed like you know, and, and Gus just chimed in. He's like, I wasn't even born then, you know, like he's talking about, you know, we're talking about that. But I'm saying like life seemed to have been, I, I don't know why it was just much simpler, like less stressful. Like I don't remember being a young man and having to deal with, you know, politics and the worry of the economy and all this great COVID and variants. And and then just like running my business, even in the 90s, was just so much simpler. Um, you know, nowadays we, we have to find 27 ways to communicate and, and people don't always communicate. Um, Gus wrote, I wasn't even conceived or a conceived thought back then. That's true, Gus. We know you're a young guy. So just be quiet. Not just, um, but you know what I mean, Dwayne? Like, so I look at my life now and I say, like, if I were to retire tomorrow, like, what would I want? You know, how would my life be? And, and what would I eliminate? And, and so on. But then I have to take inventory of, like, all the good things I have. And that's really what this call is about, is taking inventory of our business and our personal lives and, you know, looking into our future and where we want to be and so on and so forth. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, I did a podcast yesterday. Uh, my, actually my, um, my two head instructors, one for the Bradley school, the other one for the new Lenox school, they started a podcast. Um, and they had, they had asked me, you know, maybe like a similar question with regards to, um, you know, if, if you could go back and tell yourself, you know, one thing that you wish you would have known when you first started, um, you know, what would that be? And uh, that's kind of what you're asking, you know? Yeah. And I, I think if I had to start all over again, um, because what, what has happened to me over time is, yes, I have gained some wisdom over time. Right. Uh, but but you, you and I have talked about this before. We've been beat up 
um, not physically, but we've been beat up by clients, by students, by uh, life. Right. And then we come up with, you know, by that time we go, okay, I got to start putting rules in place uh, to make sure that my life is exactly the way that I want it. Right. And, you know, I, I talked about that on the podcast and that would be the same thing that I would tell anybody right now is, you know, define what is important to you. Cause I don't know about you, but um, my life was my business when I first started, mm -hmm. um, my, not my family, right. not that I didn't spend time with them. Not that I, you know, wasn't present. Um, but you know what? Monday through Friday nights, we're not present. Right. We miss the dinner conversations. We've, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? There's just yeah. a lot of things that, that I, I would say that I regret um, because of it. Now, are there a bunch of positive things that have happened? Yes. But I never took inventory on what I wanted, where I was at. I was just like, you know, I got to build, I got to build, I got to have 300 students. I got to have 350 students. I got to, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, the I get whole, it. The whole rat race. So not understanding um, a premium price and being able to deliver that to have less students, but still make the amount of money that I wanted to make. Right. And then the importance of taking time off and blocking out time specifically to recharge, but more importantly, to to spend time with my family. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why years ago I implemented all that time off that we that we take. You right. Know? And, and you brought that up many, many times on different calls yeah. that I, you know, I close almost two months out of the year. Right. Right. Well, I, I think everything you just said is is so, so on point And that's exactly. But I, I wonder, though, now if if we, you know, like the story of the Christmas cow, right, where the ghost of. Uh, Christmas future. Like if, if that, if we were the ghost of our own selves coming back in time, telling us now what we should do then um, or in the future, I wonder if we would have changed because I think as you're younger, right? Like even let, let's say you're a young teenager and you're like, I can't wait to get a job. And your parents say, you're not going to be too happy when you got to work every day. And we're like, I don't care. I want my own money. I want my freedom. And then, you know, when you're in your thirties and you've been doing it for quite some time, or like guys like myself, who've been doing it forever. Um, you go like, man, I wish I didn't have to do this anymore. And I wish I, you know, I didn't start as early as I did. So sometimes I think the progression is it's, it's kind of a normal type progression that has to happen for us to have the mentality that we have now. Um, and to be able to even have the conversation with, ourselves or you know peers or about taking inventory of our lives and you know we do say you know family is the most important thing and then sometimes we work so hard so that our family can have a future and then there are people that i know of that work 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 died and then never had that chance with their family so i think balance is super important and that's one thing that i want to point out to the instructors or whoever's listening that you know there has to be some sort of balance there has to be some time where you take that time to just sit back like i know you would probably and maybe can you tell us if, if this is the case but have you ever had like goals you hit the goals and then you just set a new goal right after it and you didn't even take any time to sit and and look at the accomplishment that you made you're oh, yeah. moving on to goal three and four like i already had goals prepared the minute i hit that goal i was on to the next goal i never sat back and said wow i can't believe I just promoted a tournament and I had 700 competitors. I was like, wait till next year. Like the minute it ended, I counted the money and I'm like, wait till next year. Like I, I never sat back and said, ah, oh, this is really good, you know? And, and I think that's what's missing in the fast paced world that we have. Because like I said, back in the early days, I don't know, the seventies, the sixties, way before you and I were born, 
people had a much slower life. Their lives were much simpler. They went to work, they came home. They didn't go to work and then go to a second job or have a side hustle or, you know, they just simplified their lives and they were able to like, even just take the, that's why a lot of people just take, go home and have a drink and sit and watch TV or whatever. You know what I mean? It's not like that anymore. It doesn't seem to be. Well, and even uh, your sports were seasonal. They weren't all year round. Right. You know, so even when you, you would go and you'd play baseball for two months or whatever, and then, then it was done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and also too, as a parent, you're like, okay, I, I did all that. Now I'm a parent and now my kids are going to do 27. Like, I don't understand the concept of why parents feel the need to put their kids in everything. Like, I get it. You want them to have experiences in life. But I, I mean, I never had a conversation with an adult. In fact, I just met with my students that are in Florida that train with me on Zoom. And one of them was a kid and he got his black belt. He was like maybe 13 or 14 or 15, somewhere around there. Now he's in his 30s. And he says, that was the best time of my life. And then I kind of got away from it. And then, you know, he got in the rat race, got into college, got into this and that. And he was pulled away from something that really kept him centered and he loved. And he did so many activities, I guess, I guess because we want to experience everything. When in reality, how much more happiness could we have had or our kids could have had if they only really focused on one or two things and just enjoyed the hell out of them? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. We, we wake up um, we wake up to the alarm. Right. And that alarm is, it's alarming. And yes. What I mean by that is, is your day just started. And, and generally it is you hit the snooze three different times or four different times. Um, which is no good anyways. I'm going to tell everybody never right. to allow snooze, snooze buttons anyways, because it's just yeah. not even healthy for you. But, um, you know, so the alarm goes off, there's your, and then again, it alarms you that your day is starting. Right. And, and unfortunately, that sets the day off in the wrong tone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I totally do. I totally um, get it. I, I know that, you know, uh, not everybody can wake up and sit down and have a cup of coffee and take 30 minutes to think or read or, or, or meditate or pray or, you know, yeah. um, and when I, and, but, but I also say, yeah, you can, right. You can do that. You just have to wake up a half an hour earlier. Right. That means you got to go to bed a half an hour earlier, probably right. in most cases as well. Yeah. It's just creating a different evening and morning routine. Right. Um, now, when I when I say that, I don't say it flippantly. It's so it's it's not that it's easy to do. It, it, it's just it's just tough. You know, I, I wanted to go back to something that you had said with regards to um, celebrating, you know, your successes. Right, right. Because even with my health clients, I find that it, we call them NSVs, non-scale victories. And obviously everybody is looking for that scale victory every single week. You know, am I dropping 10 pounds? Am I dropping two pounds? Am I right. dropping one pound? Right. Um, and, you know, the thing I have to remind them is that, you know, if you lost one or two pounds a week, that's healthy. Right. If you didn't lose anything that week, just because sometimes the body stalls, you could be following program exact. Yeah. And the body just, it stalls. The body's weird uh, right. when it comes to that. Right. Right. Um, and then, you know, so I'll say, but, but did you follow a plan all week? Yeah, I followed it to a T and now they're frustrated that it didn't, it didn't even lose 0.5 pounds. Right. Right. Um, and I say, but look what you did. Yeah. You know, 
you're not only doing this and, and our program is structured in a way it's not only I really look at it. It's a lifestyle program with a weight loss component. Right. And so we really are not only getting them healthy physically, but we're also getting them healthy mentally. So, you know, I got to remind them, you know, you you followed program all week. What does that mean? You did six days or excuse me, seven days. You did six small meals. You drank at least your 64 ounces of water. Uh, you got a little healthy motion in. Um, what habits are you creating by doing that? Yeah. For the last seven days, you have been doing the healthy habits that are going to sustain you for the rest of your life. So, yeah, maybe you the scale didn't move. Um, but then I also asked them, did, uh, what about inches? Did you did you measure? Usually they say no. And I say, OK, well, measure and then text me your measurements the next day. And yeah. they go, oh, I can't believe I didn't lose any weight, but I'm, I'm down a quarter of an inch on my waist. Right. Isn't that a, isn't that a non-scale victory? What do you say? A non-scale victory? Yeah, non-scale yeah. victory. So the yeah, scale didn't it. move, but there's still victories that are yeah. happening. So it goes back to what you said. You know, look, um, we accomplish a goal. We have to take time out and celebrate that. It's right. really, really important. And when you said that to me, just like when you brought that up today, just yeah. now, it reminded me of the Black Belt Success System yeah. You know that Tom Callis used to teach. Well, mm -hmm. now that you say that, there's definitely a hole in that Black Belt Success System. Because the black belt success, success system goes like this. Know what you want. Have a plan and a success coach. Right. Take consistent action. Yep. Review your progress. And renew your goals. And renew your goals. It should be review your progress, celebrate your accomplishment, and then renew your goals. Right. Yeah. Or even stick to your goals. Well, agreed. But but the celebrate is not even in there. Right. And, right. and I think sometimes that that is a very, very important key uh, that we do not do because we're just, especially if we're driven, right? We're just onto the next goal yeah. um, as opposed to taking time to sit back and celebrate. And right. I don't think that that's even um, uh, prideful. I don't think that that's prideful when you do that or, you know what I mean? Or even to yeah. think about doing that. I'm, I know some people might think, well, that's, you know, you're, 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 you're relishing in your accomplishments. That's, that's prideful. It isn't. Well, that, but yeah, and by the way, why would it be a bad thing if you did? Like, you know, like you don't save all your life and work so hard so you could buy a Ferrari so you don't drive it because you're embarrassed to be. Like my stepmom, God rest her soul, um, I had my Camaro and I had Lamborghini doors put on the Camaro. It's just like one of the things I wanted to do. I bought the car brand new, drove it right to the shop. Before I even drove it around, I had the doors installed, right? She says to me, she goes, aren't you embarrassed by those doors? And I joked, I laughed. I'm like, yeah, I'm totally, that's why I paid four grand to have them put in so that I could feel embarrassed, right? So it's like, it's funny how people are, they think that way. Like, you know, why, why would you celebrate? Like, you know, like when people say like, they're afraid to, to tell people, martial artists in general, this is a, this is a big golden nugget for people who are listening they're afraid and they think that if they talk about their accomplishments or how long their school's been around or how many tournaments they won or them traveling to a country and becoming who they are, that that's bragging. And it's not bragging. It's part of your resume. It's nothing more than education. Now, I'm not saying you should be like, I'm the toughest guy in the world and I'm the best fighter and no one can. Like that's bragging and that's ego. But I'm talking about where you should be happy that you, people are afraid to, 
tell their story. Do you ever notice that? Like, I'm I'm not. You're you're not. I'm more so not than you are. Like like, but like for me, like if I sit down with people, like I will say, oh yeah, when I and I have a billion stories to talk about because I just remember what my life was like, and then I'll bring it up and say, oh yeah, I, when I met that star or when I was in that movie or when I played on that stage or, you know, and then people, some people think, oh, there he goes again, bragging. I'm like, no, I'm just talking. Like I could care less that I, I'm not trying to impress you. I'm just trying to have a conversation with you and make it fun. Like rather than just talking about freaking politics all day long and how well, bad the economy is and that kind of stuff. It becomes three dimensional when you do that, as opposed to, you know, one or two dimensional in the conversations, because, you know, you can bring different experiences into that. There's a um, one of the um, uh, youth leaders, uh, youth pastors at our uh, at our church. I, I kid you not. He's got a story for everything. Yeah. And yeah, and me. Yeah. But they're interesting. Like, yeah. you know, I'll. Sometimes I'll walk by and, he, and, and he'll be talking with the kids, you know. And he go, oh yeah, when I did this and I was camping and blah, 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 blah. And we went to cut this tree down. And of course, well, we didn't do it right. And and it almost fell on us or whatever it was, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. I've got a story for everything, right? but it's so engaging. Like it makes you go, wow. Right. And, and I think he's what, maybe, maybe five years younger than me, but mm -hmm. I'm thinking dude's already lived a hundred years. Right. With the amount of stories that he has. Right. You know? Well, you know what it is, though, like there these people are, you know, people that tell good stories and, and are able to engage others are called, called wordsmiths. Right. There used to be, um, you know, they were legends in their town where they would tell the stories before they were written and they'd be able to engage the kids and talk to the elders. And, you know, so I think as martial art teachers, we should be that way a little bit right now. Like you got to add in your per like, you know, OK, uh, this is how you do a one two punch. And or you could say when I was in the ring and I fought and the guy hit me with that right cross, that made me want to, you know, and now all of a sudden the story becomes a little bit more memorable and engaging. It's not bragging. It's not tooting your own horn. It's just about, you know, telling, making the story interesting. So um, let's let's move the conversation to this just because it came to mind. Yeah. Because uh, we're talking about taking inventory, right? right. Um, I learned this from you is everything is negotiable. Right. So you should take an inventory. This is the greatest time. Everybody should be taking an inventory on, um, you know, their their utilities, um, what yeah. else? What else? Uh, Alex? Anything and everything that you pay a bill on, you should quarterly at minimum quarterly, um, look at all your expenses and see if there's a way to manipulate them to a lower fee. So imagine like you, let's say you have 10 grand a month in expenses and you are able to through shopping around, you know, finding other cheaper companies, changing the way you purchase, maybe buying in bulk versus buying at the store every week and paying a higher fee. I mean, you could negotiate at 10%. You could save a grand a month, let's just say. And and I want to add on to that, um, you know, using your, because I, like I use PNC for my, my uh, bank. Right. Well, I got a, um, I was tired of getting my uh, debit card compromised. Okay. And so I talked to the PNC person and they said, well, why don't you have a, a, a credit card with us? Like right. I got, credit cards with other people. I just don't have it with my own bank. Right. And he said, well, we give cash back on those credit cards. There you go. And so that's, you know, that's not negotiation, but I didn't know that my own bank. Yeah. Had that. And yeah. uh, now like I just processed, um, 
you know, I had like 11, I don't know, like $11,000 credit card bill just because right. I've been buying a whole bunch of stuff and getting ready for our, our, uh, our switch over that we're doing, you know, at the studio with the new yeah. floor and all that other yeah. stuff. And so I had almost $200 in reward points. Wow. And so then I just, you know, obviously I click the button, they go into my savings account at the studio. And so like even those type of things, uh, now if you're not good with credit cards and you're going to let it roll up and not pay it off every single month, don't do that. But yeah. that is another way that, you know, it's, it's not negotiating something, but it is making you money. Well, I also, speaking of credit cards, I, people don't think of this, but they're, if their credit is fair to good, you know, decent and, and above, they could look at a credit card and maybe they have a credit card with 10 grand on it and it's a two and a half percent, three percent interest rate with an amortization on it over the course of the year. If they could negotiate that down and get a, a credit card for like 12 months for free. So, so let's or say even you, six let, months for free. Yeah, let, let's say you owe. Uh, I don't know. Let's pretend you owe ten thousand dollars. You and, you do know that they're not paying two uh, percent on a credit card. They're paying like yeah, exactly. But, but let's, okay. Yeah. So let's say it's high, right? And you are able to get a credit card for just six months for zero percent as an interesting rate. Then you could literally take all the money that that twenty percent or ten percent that you've been paying to the bank. You could literally pop that down on that credit card every month for the first six months and lower your balance dramatically. And that's all your money that you'd be saving. So like, that's why I always, like I just did it the other day. I, I do it with my mom. I manage my mom's bills. I was just able to manage her insurance down and find a new policy that was lower on her homeowner's insurance that we have in Florida, a house. And um, so I, I suggest that's really important for people to do that. So in the new year, or even now start and look at every expense. And by the way, if you don't have every expense listed on a piece of paper so you could see, like I have every bill that I pay down to the 299 Amazon cloud storage fee, right? You know, and I every month when it comes out of my account, I check it as being paid. So I know how much I need by the end of the month and how many much money I'll have to save that I could slide into a savings. But um, I also look at things and say, well, what can I negotiate? What don't I need anymore? Like, do yeah. I need 72 channels on, you know, my mom's cable or she only watched like six channels. So like we negotiate, I, I might save her six for her on a fixed income, saving her 70 bucks a month times 12 months is like $840 a year that just yeah. went into her savings, you know, or that, you know, less money that she has to waste. It's literally wasted money. And we get in this perpetual cycle of just, having bills like this, an app out there, I forget what it's called, but you could put list all the things that you, that you're paying subscriptions on and it'll find them too for you, I believe. And uh, you could go like, I didn't realize I was paying an extra $180 a month and just having Hulu and Netflix and Amazon and Paramount plus and Disney plus, and everything is a streaming service. You know, before you know it, you're wasting a fortune. Like how do you maybe get all those things for less? Like I didn't well, realize by having yeah. a Tesla, I get free Netflix. I didn't know that. Like I was paying Netflix and then I came up on my app. I got free Netflix for having a Tesla. So I like switched over to my, save myself $14 a month. Not a lot of money, but it's 180 bucks a year that I'd much rather go out to a restaurant and spend it on myself than waste it on another company. Absolutely. I mean, you know, even give it away to a charity. I mean, just exactly. You know, something. Exactly. Yeah. So I brought that up because um, I had every every year, every two times a year, we have uh, the service come out to clean our furnace and just check it. And, you know, uh, so we do in the wintertime, we do the uh, furnace. And then in the summertime, we do the air conditioning unit, right. you know, that type of stuff. So the guy came in and he's a young guy. 
And I say young because I'm, you know, 48 and, and he was uh, almost 30. Okay. And uh, I don't know how he got on this topic, but we're talking about money. And, uh, you know, and he's like, well, do you have any, you know, any tips for me? Right. And I'm like, well, uh, sure. I mean, uh, he goes like, if you were me. And I go, well, one, I said, uh, do you, with your company, do they, do you have a retirement plan? And he goes, I don't know. I go, okay, how about your wife? He goes, well, she doesn't work. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm the one that works. I said, well, you're 30 years old. I said, uh, unfortunately, you've missed about eight, eight years of compound interest. Right. I said, so you need to talk to them and, and see if they have a retirement program and see if they match. Right any of that money as well. And he's like, well, what do you mean by match? So like I had to tell him like, look, if, if the company will match 3% of, any, of, of what you put in, you know, or up to 3%, then you got to at least put 3%. So they put 3%. So now you're getting 6% and 3% is free money. Right, 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 so right. I talked him through that. And then I did exactly what you, you know, taught me to do is to take a look at your bills and renegotiate. Right. And he right. looked at me, I go, yeah. I said, everything is negotiable. Yeah. I just they just raised my cable bill again, and I'm like, what the heck? I'm paying all. What is going on? Oh, your your free your year discount is over. I'm like, I'm not paying this fee. If you if you're not going to lower it, I'm going to go with a different company. I always threaten them every year. I'm surprised they don't have a list of. He threatened us this year. He threatened us like no, but, because it's a brand new person that has only been yeah, training for two and, weeks that and, you get every time. And by the way, just for people, when I'm negotiating that bill or whoever's going to negotiate, and they say, I'm sorry, we can't do anything for you. Say, can we escalate this to management, or or can I speak to the retention? department where they their job is to keep people from quitting that's what their job is so and every time i get to them they're like click 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 oh yeah sure i could save you 60 bucks we'll put you on this pro we'd love to do it meanwhile the other people's job is to not let you do it their job is in case they they that didn't work to get you to someone that will give you what you want because they know that if they lose a client if they lose a thousand or five thousand clients they're going to lose millions so well always negotiate yeah, I just brought in, uh, I called, uh, <clears throat> I was going to do it anyways, but since I was talking to that guy about, uh, you know, renegotiating things and taking a look at all of his services that he's paying for, yeah, um, I, I, I knew that I wanted a faster internet here. Mm -hmm. And so I called Comcast and talked to them and she's like, oh yeah, you've been with us for like, I forget how many years, I mean, uh, 20, 20 years or whatever. Right. And she said, yeah, we can, we can bump you up to a gig. Um, and I said, well, what is that going to cost me? You know, how much more? And she goes, well, um, actually, it's the same price. And she, right. goes, you can, you, she goes, but you can save $10 if you have it automatically debited out of your yeah. checking account. Right. I said, all right, let's do it. So I have faster internet now. Yep. And, and $120 per year. Yes. And it's, and it's a 12, it's, excuse me, it's a 24 month contract. Right. I don't care. I'm not going anywhere. Right. You know, I look at it like this. When I was young, when I coach people that are young, right, and not now I'm older, and I go, listen, you're 25. If you're smart and you're saving X amount of dollars per month, let's just say you say you're able to put 5,000 away because you have 150 students, your expenses are X, and you're, you know, let's say you put 5,000, that's 60,000 a year, and you do that for 10, 10 years in, in, a, in a good progressively moderate, moderate savings yeah. account, you could be worth a million dollars, you know, in, in, you know, in, by the time you hit 35, 40 years old, you could be liquid millionaire, like not 
real estate equity investment portfolio, possibly, you know, you're a liquid millionaire with money in this. Right. Bank. Yeah. Um, I go that just think of what your life. And, and by the way, in 10 years, maybe that might not mean anything inflation wise. Right. But who knows? But at the same time, it's just about proper preparation. Um, really good inventory of your expenses, right? And knowing like where you're wasting. Because when I, if I could go back in time, the one thing that I would tell myself then is not to spend money to keep employees happy, not give things, lavish gifts to keep employees happy. I mean, there was a one point that I remember, you know, the story I was driving home from the car dealership after buying for Christmas, my two main head instructors, uh, cars. I bought them cars for Christmas. One had a convertible Sebring. Thank God they weren't like big taste cars like Mercedes. Well, one was a convertible Sebring. The other one loved the PT Cruiser. Remember that thing? Mm -hmm. And um, But I remember driving behind them in my used truck, following them home in their brand new vehicle, saying to myself, why didn't I buy myself a new vehicle? Like, like, but I wanted, I felt proud, but then I kind of like was, what the heck am I doing? Like, and I'm always, I was always giving, giving, giving. And it didn't, it wasn't that it was rewarding me with better behavior, more loyalty. Only that one guy though, the one that got the PT Cruiser still to this day is one of my best friends and students and still calls me on Father's Day and Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, but the other one doesn't even talk to me anymore. I don't know who he is. I don't know where he lives. Like he hates me probably, you know, like, but anyway, I think that it's so important for us to take inventory on our, our you know, our finances, like you said, but here's another one. Maybe looking at your systems, this is another big one for people, looking at the way you run your business and write down like all the things you do, like, you know, from the littlest things like signups and trials, or when people join, indoctrinating them into your school, how many systems do you have? And then look at all of those things and say, you know, is this working? This yeah whatever system, is it necessary? Like, do I have to make people jump through hoops and it annoys them? Does it hurt me more? Does it take too much time? Am I paying a ton in labor to get these things done? And do they benefit me? So literally go through every process that you have and see what works and what doesn't, what really benefits you and focus on that. What doesn't benefit you, maybe eliminate that and so on. Yeah. And here's the problem with that though, is, um, you know, we're so busy that we don't believe that it's worth it to sit down and take the time yeah. to do those things. Right. Um, and I, and I would say one of the biggest things that Grandmaster Hafner had, uh, you know, introduced me to was, um, a yellow notepad, a pen yeah, and time. Yeah. It, it sounds simplistic. Um, but he just, you know, he just ingrained in us right down you know, the problem. Yeah. And then walk away and let it marinate in your subconscious and then come back in a day or two and then look at that problem again and just start writing out the solution. He said, most of the time it's going to happen within a day or two. Yeah. You're going to come up with that solution, but it's, you know, really taking that time and doing your due diligence to, to do that. We just don't believe that we're, we believe we're so busy that we don't have time to do that. Right. Um, and and that's one of the reasons why we're so busy is because we don't take the time right to do that if you right. are not um factoring in time off if you are not factoring in thinking time mm -hmm. even if it's just once a week um i you know look I, i'll tell you that my fridays uh and this is by design my fridays are 
one of the best days of the week for me. Right. I have the least amount of work to do on Fridays. Uh, I spend a lot of, of uh, thinking and writing uh, and free time on on Fridays. Good. You know, um, but but that's by design. Now, I have my staff on Friday nights that are running the private lessons, so I don't have to be there. Now, this Friday, we do have a, uh, uh, a board-breaking seminar that we're doing uh, from 7 to, to 9, so I will be there, you know, helping with that. But normally, you know, I, I don't have to do any of that stuff. Right, right. right. Um, but I, I, I did that on purpose because I need that time to, to decompress and think and, and run through things. I'm going to sneeze. Ooh, I Bless it. Didn't come out. <laughs> it didn't come out now that I said it. But I, I would tell everybody, you need to take time to do that. So when, when Allie's telling you to take a look at your systems, write, write it down. Um, I used to, and, and again, Grand, Grandmaster Hafner, uh, you know, kind of titled, titled this this way, but it's the, um, he called it the path. Right. You know, and uh, it's the roadway to success into your school. You know, what happens, you know, from the website to sign up. Yeah. You know, really. And, and can you make it as uh, simplistic as possible, but uh, definitely dynamic and engaging as possible? Uh, as well. And, you know, look, you, you talk about things are much faster paced now. Um, they are. But for us, I don't know about you. Well, I know you. It's it's there's a, a lot less that we have to do because of modern technology. Right. That we can take advantage of, you know, like, you know, having, uh, uh, you know, uh, Gus from Lead to Hunter Media, you know, getting our leads for us via Facebook right. um, Spark membership where it's doing. Gosh, it's you I, I don't even want to say it's doing the heavy lifting. It's doing all the lifting, really. Right, right, yeah. You know, so um, yeah, I agree with you. You need to take take a look, step back, inventory those things. What's necessary? What isn't necessary? Uh, and I and and uh, I would say, with regards to your systems, if you're not doing that at least uh, once a year and right. taking a look of your at your systems, uh, you really need to do that. Yeah. And by the way, I think that was a big eye opener for people during COVID where they were forced to stay home and then they had to figure out their lives. And then they took another look at their lives going a lot of people that are no longer in the workforce said, why am I killing myself every day to make 80,000 a year when I can have my own side hustle and make 60 and not have to take the train or drive for four hours. So they ended up starting their own businesses or they changed the dynamic of it. So um, a lot of people reached out to me during COVID that were like students of mine in the past that were reevaluating their lives and wanting to get back into training and, you know, um, things that they looked at when they were the happiest in their lives was when they trained at my dojo and then they, they fell away from it and then they got, went down a bad path or whatever the case may have been. Um, but people looked at that stuff and they took inventory, personal inventory. And then, um, you know, again, the other thing that you mentioned too, when it comes to, you know, looking at the systems, right? Um, if the system is just doing a function and the function doesn't have a great result attached to it, and maybe that system causes you stress and makes the client stressed out, you know, like for instance, you have to fill out a 10 page questionnaire in order to get your belt. And you're like, do they really need to do that? Do they? And then, you know, they get annoyed, they're frustrated, they're busy. Now you're invading their own privacy and their time, the limited time that they have. Now they're mad at you and you have to, well, if you don't like it, then you could quit. And, 
we hold our guns and stick to our our decisions and then all of a sudden we we look back and we go like okay don't do the questionnaire then who cares like you know if it's not really serving a purpose to educate the student enhance their training and make their lives and your lives better then what's the sense why do we do all that and, and our martial artists as we when i went to australia a quick story to teach and do seminars i was over no ali you got a story no, <laughs> exactly. um but you know what i i was amazed at how many people would come up to me and say hey i want to buy your procedures manual Okay, great. You know, whatever. By the way, a funny thing too is I was selling them like crazy, like for seven hundred dollars a piece. But I didn't realize seven hundred Australian was like two hundred dollars American. So I threw all the money on the bed. I'm like, wow, this is great. I had a killing in the day when I killed it, and then I realized when I transferred it back that it was like a third of what I thought I made. So I wasn't as happy as I thought. But but what I noticed with the Australian clients was that they didn't have a lot of coaches, consultants, and software and technology. And when they'd come up to me, I'd go, well, how many students do you have? They'd go, oh, I'm not like 550. And I'd be like, what? Five, 550 students, you said? Yeah, yeah, 550. I want to get to 1,000. I'm like, you know, and they didn't have all this crazy stuff. Like they didn't have system after system after this. Or I, I felt like because they didn't have all this crap to keep them bogged down, thinking that that every spoke in the wheel, instead of having four big spokes that are powerful and strong, they had now in America, we had 47 spokes, right? And they only had four, but they were killing it because they focused heavily on those four things, you know, new students, retention of the students, dynamics in the classroom, that kind of thing. Meanwhile, we're doing two, four, six week calls, you know, um, this and that and all this stuff. And we're like bogged down with these systems and they really are not benefiting the school. These guys were killing it. So, I mean, that was a big eye opener for me back then. And I started to simplify my life as well way back then and say, do I need this? Can I get rid of it and still have the same effect on my students and so on and so forth? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So taking inventory um, with regards to your uh, systems. systems. Yeah. Um, I would also, you know, kind of throw in taking inventory on your inventory. Right. Um, and, you know, decide what you can do to increase your your um, inventory sales over the next year as well. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we've talked about this because I learned this from you, but uh, having different. Well, one, tying in your your inventory into your curriculum, your weaponry your gear. Right. And all of that. Yeah. And then having uh, three different level options. So the easiest one to explain is, you know, three different levels of sparring gear. You have the basic right. and you have the middle and then you push right. have the exactly the, the you know, the higher priced one. Right. But um, the behind the scenes to that is most people and this is just, you know, sales 101. Most people buy the middle product. Right. Um, as opposed to the cheapest or the most expensive. So right. if you can work it so that your middle product actually um uh, rewards you more um, or nets you more right. than the other two, right. um, that's going to be even better to, you know, to your advantage as well, yeah. just to kind of throw that in there. And then um, I did do this. We've been talking about this for years because you've been saying, Dwayne, you need to have, um, you know, your own TriStar t-shirt that's required to put underneath your uniform. Yeah, and yeah. So um, that's part of, like I said, I just paid $11,000 credit card bill, right? Part of that was ordering uh, I think I got almost 600 t-shirts uh, that are coming. And then every student that I have currently right now, I'm giving uh, them that for Christmas. Oh, good. They're going to get their free shirt. 
some of them bought a second shirt at a discounted rate. Mm -hmm. uh, not enough. I didn't have enough people buy a second shirt that would, that would cover the cost, you know, the, the cost, but at least helped with the cost yeah. of those shirts. Um, and then now I'll start giving those out, um, you know, free when they first join, um, when they've officially become a member, not right. on trial, but right. when they officially become a member, they're going to get right. a t-shirt as well, along with their uniform. But I have my down payment that's, you know, covering that anyways. Yeah. And you're that alone. I'm trying to convince a new client now that, uh, is, well, uh, tag is, them in this post, tag them in. Yeah, this I, I will. He listens to our stuff, but, um, I, I told him, I said, you know, what t-shirts do you wear? He says, we wear anything with our dojo name on it. So that it could be a red, white, and blue. It could be this, it could be that. I said, no, you should have one staple t-shirt that's called a uniform t-shirt. Then you should sell multiple other designs, but they can't be worn under the gi. You know, those are for them to wear out to the restaurant or in public and so on. And heck, they could wear their regular staple uniform T-shirt too. But we want everyone to know, like, in order to come to class, it's just like going to Catholic school. You have a tie, a shirt, you know, special pants. You can only wear a certain color shoe. Um, and that's or if, you're, if you have the type of job that has a uniform that exactly. you have to wear. I always say that to my parents. They're like, I'm sorry, my son didn't have his uniform today. I said, yeah, I know one of my friends is a cop. He did that today, too. He wore his football uniform. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, yeah, well, he couldn't. He forgot his uniform, police uniform at home. So he just went out as a football player. They're like, really? I'm like, no, not really. But I'm trying to make an example of how ridiculous it is not to show up in your uniform. But another thing, too, Dwayne, in regards to sales is that, you know, I think sometimes we think that we only sell karate only like our fighting gear. That's it. Like there should be other things in your school. Like, for example, just um, this is not bragging at all. But the last three days that I was in, I had one thousand plus dollar days in retail sales. I have not done. I tried this this year. I've never done this before, but I did not do any sales whatsoever on anything for the holidays. So everyone is buying what they have to buy, but they're buying it as a Christmas present. So what I did was this, this campaign through Spark on an automation that was like more of a mental mindset. So like, if you're going to think of Marshall, you know, holiday shopping, think of buying what you need to buy to put under the tree. So you don't waste money on an ugly sweater, a silly game and stuff like you don't need buy what they need. Right. And, right. I, had and I had to talk out of it. I'm going to give him the padded sword. I'm going to just give it to him. No, no, no. Buy it now and wrap it. No, I want to just just put it under the tree so they're excited about the dojo. Like it's, you know, that kind of thing. And they open it up on Christmas Day and, you know, they're like, okay, that makes sense. Like, so we did like $3,600 somewhere around there in the last three days alone just on sales. I'm not doing that Black Friday sale. I didn't do a Cyber Monday sale. I'm just doing regular retail push and doing well with it. So I think that that's by having my curriculum, my, my weaponry, my, you know, uniforms, my upgrades all tied into a seamless curriculum. I know that if I promote 12 white belts, they're going to get 12 sets of fighting gear, you know, you know, maybe not immediately, but over the next month and so or so they're going to buy the gear because that's part of their training. So it's guaranteed that as my people pro progress through their belt level, that they're purchasing particular equipment. And it's not a money grab. We teach this stuff in the class, so they need to hear. They learn bow and thigh and compa and sword and king, all part of the curriculum. Right. Yeah. So, but, yeah, and I think that that's vitally important. So, if you're not, if you don't take inventory of what you've got and then what you can do, tie things into your your program, uh, you're missing out on on 
I don't want to call it easy money, but you are. I mean, you're definitely right. missing out on opportunity to service your client. They have to buy those things anyways. I mean, obviously the t-shirt thing I didn't have to do, right. but I want the I want the uniform uniformity. I'm tired of people coming in with collared shirts underneath and I uh -huh. have to say, go to the bathroom and change. Right. Go to the bathroom and change. Or, you know, even they're wearing their jeans and then they put their karate uniform. I know. Over the, no, no, no. Go to the bathroom. You can't do that. Exactly. Like, how are you going to kick with that? And, and how does it look like, you know, it's like a soldier, you know, being in the military, but having underneath his uniform, he has his, his shirt and his uniform shirt. But under that, have you ever had three layers, right, where they have a third layer, which is a turtleneck or whatever they were wearing oh, or the collared shirt under the yes. shirt, under the like, I'm going like for real, like we want everyone to look like they're disciplined. They don't have to mentally be fully disciplined, but they want to look disciplined. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I would add that in. I, and I finally did it. I finally bit the bullet and did it. Good. And you're going to be rewarded forever now because people will buy shirt after shirt after shirt. My one client, David Nemiroff from Aikido Masters did this at first. He was very on the fence um, and he was not sure. And, and they thought like people would see it as a money grab. And there were a few people that were resistant. And he did exactly what I told you to do with buy a bunch of shirts, give them the first shirt for free. And then after that, they have to buy shirts. And everyone understood, you know, like I've seen, I've been to dojos. I go to tournaments just this weekend where a woman had like a low cut sports bra under her gi but the gi was open and hanging down. And a lot of the younger kids are like looking over, like trying to get a, cl a close look at her, uh, you know, what they think probably is her bra or, you know, or her boobs, you know. And I'm like, that's just not professional. You know, we have to, it should be a regular t-shirt covering up. It's better for the uniform, the wear of the uniform, because you sweat in the shirt. You don't stain your white uniform and stuff like that. So anyway, moving on, this is the most spiritual thing. And you're a very spiritual guy is like, taking inventory of your personal life. And, you know, I, I wrote a book called the five gateways to happiness. Right. And in it, I had a one chapter, which was a very simple way to look at your life. And it was called the, the, I hate list and the, I love list. Right. And I came up with this concept when I was going through a frustrating time in my life. And I said, okay, I'm going to write down everything that I hate. And I literally sat at the computer and like banged out like a hundred things. It was quick and easy. And I hate this and I hate that. And I hate this and I hate that. And then I went on to the I loves and I, it was very hard. Like this, like 25 on the list of things that I love, you know, like you said, you don't really have many a hobby. You know, I play my guitar now and I love it. It's like, it's meditation for me. I could literally, Nicole comes, knocks on the door. Can you come out and spend time with me? It's been three hours. You've been playing a guitar. Like it's peaceful for me. It's just like, you know, um, so anyway, I, I, I had the I loves and I had all these I hates. So what do I do? So I, I teach people to go in and take the I hates and come up with a solution. Like I'll give you an example. You probably have heard this before where I, I said uh, I used to have YouTube videos and everybody could comment on them. And then I always get some some jerk from wherever Saskatchewan and he'd be like, you can't move. You suck. You're terrible. Your technique is all wrong. And then I would you know, it always upsets me. So I would say, Hey, but why do you feel that way? And I try to talk to them. They're like, Oh, you see, you know, you suck because you, you wouldn't have be, you know, and I'm like, geez. And I go, I wouldn't sleep at night. And now I'm getting angry. I want to think about how to hunt the guy down. And in my dreams, I'm like finding them in a, you know, you know what I mean? Like, so I said, how am I going to fix this? And I said, you know what? Turn off the comments on YouTube that easy. Boom. Now no one can ever comment again. They could thumb up my video or thumb down my video, but they can't say personal things that'll hurt me. And that was like a major 
little one click of a button relieved massive stress in my life, right? So I looked at all my I hates and I said, how can I eliminate things that bother me? What could I do? Could If it's a job related thing, can I give that to an employee for them to handle it? Or can I eliminate it? And I literally went through that list and within a few months was able to eliminate the majority of the things that really bothered me. You know what that kind of did to me? It changed my life, like literally made me a much more relaxed, happy person. And then the, now we have all these I loves and we go like, I love to cook, but I don't have time. I, I love to spend time with my family, but I work too much. I, I love classical music, but okay, so play classical music while you're cooking. You know what I mean? Or find the things that you love, but make a concentrated effort to enhance those things by doing them more. You know, like making the time. I don't, I always tell my students, they're like, oh, Shiana, I couldn't make it. I, I couldn't find the time. I go, you can never find time. You have to block time out. Yes. You can't find time. You have to make time. You can't say, when I have the free time, I'll get in shape. When I have the free time, I'll diet. You have to make it a part of you. Like you said before, with the life coaching, you have to change your mindset, right? So that was one of the things that I had done. And by the way, if anyone's listening and you want my book, I'll give it to you for free. All you got to do is pay shipping and handling. I think I pay like $6.95 to ship it to you, package it in an envelope and mail it. So if you want a copy, um, let me know. I'd be more than happy to give it to you. It'd be, be my pleasure to share that with all the listeners. Yeah, one of the um, uh, healthy habits that we, we teach and, and we talk about in our program is uh, the habit of, of healthy surroundings. Right. And so I would just like to share that with regards to taking inventory of your of your surroundings. Um, first and foremost, you know, the people that you um, that feed into you, that that energize you, you know, write who those people are, you know, write yeah. them down. And yeah. then uh, how can you spend more time with those individuals? Right. Individuals that are that drain you you know, that are time vampires that oh, yeah. just suck the life out of you. Absolutely. What can you do to create structure so that those individuals are either A, out of your life completely, or B, um, do not affect you to that, uh, you know, to that right. point. You know, so it's kind of like if the individual, if you go into the grocery store and you walk around the corner and you meet, you see that individual and you go, oh no, I don't want them to see me. You know, right. that's somebody that's on that list that you don't yeah. have to be spending time with. Yeah. And, you know, you know, the rule of thumb is the, 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 the top five people that you spend the most time with. Uh, that's really who you are. You know, that's where you right. come, you know. And, right. and so if you want to be better, you know, on any level, whether it's spiritual, financial, relational, whatever it is, you need you, your, your top five people need to be the, those individuals mm -hmm. that are even higher than you that you're trying to grab and, and become right. like. Right. Um, so I would just say take an inventory of your surroundings, the people that you hang out with. Uh, and then just have two different lists. One is write down, you know, the people that that feed into your life and how can you spend more time with them? Um, and then, you know, obviously it could be family, uh, friends. Uh, it could be hobbies that you enjoy doing. You know, how can you how can you, like you said, block out more time for those things? And then the individuals that just suck the life out of you. How can you create structure around that uh, so that they're they're They don't do that or they have the. Um, or their ability to be able to do that is diminished. Yeah. Well. I just put in a link for Will Smith's book that just came out. I'm reading it. Phenomenal. Like the same thing that you just said about like his upbringing was like a negative dad, you know, all this stuff and how he lost all his confidence and how he had to reprogram his mind. 
mm -hmm. to think the right way. And um, he's, it's quite amazing. So if you want to read a really inspirational book, great, great book. But I agree with you, Dwayne. I think that, you know, um, I spend time with you. We do a call every week. You know, you live in Illinois. I live in New York, but we still spend time together. Nothing stops people from doing that. Even if they're reclusive and they don't want to come out of the house, they still can interact with many positive people. In fact, there are people that will, you know, I mean, I made friends with and became a student of Joel Hoekstra, who's the lead guitarist of the band Whitesnake and Trans-Siberian Orchestra, where I was, he's on tour now, so I haven't taken a lesson in a, in a month or so, but I was taking weekly guitar lessons. Like that was my bucket list to learn back, back play guitar and learn from this. He's not a guitar instructor. He's a world renowned, famous, world famous virtuoso. Like, so I was, I sought him out. I asked him if he would do it. He said, yes. And now, you know, I took like months of lessons with him. So you could do that. You could get mentorship. You could reach out to people on Facebook that are successful, pick their brain. Nothing is stopping you from trying to get a good circle of people around you. And I would add in, learn how to say no. Yeah, dude, it, it's important. Yeah. And I even, uh, and, and Stephen Oliver uh, taught me this is, you know, at the studio, especially then because that's where he was referring it to, but it, it follows along in life as well. But when, when a client at the studio says, do you have a minute? You say, no, but what do you need? Right. Right. Because that will allow them to give you, hopefully, you know, break it down and give you just brevity of yeah. what the, the topic is that they need to talk about. And sometimes in most cases, I would say 80% of the time, they don't really need to talk to me. Right. But right. I'm, the, I'm the owner. So they feel like they, they that's who to talk to. Yeah, well, they know they, they're going to get the answer from me, but that's, right. yeah. So, um, no, but what do you need? And they may say something like, anymore, if they ask me anything about the curriculum. Yeah. I'll say you have to go talk with Master Bean. Right. I had a lady last night, no joke, 10 o'clock, text me on my personal cell phone. Can we talk, mom, a parent, but a good parent. So I know that either something bad happened and they wanted to chat. But I said, sure, call me. They call me. I, Nicole paused the TV. And uh, she's the head of, uh, she's a board member on NYU's hospital. Um, and, and they're doing, uh, everyone has to bring something to the table for enhancing the employees' lives. She wants me to teach a Zoom seminar of self-defense to all the families and people on it. So it was a really positive thing where I'm like, of course I'll do it for you. You know, it's in April. Okay, great. You know, that kind of thing. But um, anyway, I, you know, yeah. So who you surround yourself around. And by the way, this is my best advice. I don't always follow it. But if you find someone in your school that is negative, that is somebody that when you see them, you run the other way, or you're like in your head. And I know we a lot have it. I know I have a lot of inner dialogue, like, I'd like to really kick that person out or man, they deserve a good punch in the face. Or I can't believe how stupid that comment was like those things. If that's the way you feel, I can't wait to sparring week. Yeah, exactly. If you feel that way about a student or a family, um, don't be afraid to either one, tell them how you feel so that they have an opportunity to change the way they're acting or just get rid of them. Like I have a few black belts that, that I came to my tournament this weekend. Black belts now. These are my my dojo. They train mostly with my guy Ryan now, but they did not even come up to me and say hello. Their head instructor, like I would never in my life ever go anywhere if my teacher, Sheon Vasquez, was there. Even though I don't train with him on a day to day basis, I say, "Excuse me, Dwayne, I got I got to go back, and I I'll be right back." 
And I'll leave our conversation and go to him the minute I see him and bow and give him a hug because he is my teacher. Like who doesn't come up to their instructor and say hello? Just a simple hello and a bow. Like, so to me, like those are the people that I kind of don't put any time and effort into anymore. They're in my dojo, they're training with my one guy, but I don't spend time worried about how they act and what they do. I eliminate them or eventually I know that they're going to probably be out of the school. Yeah. So you want to not waste time on the negative. You want to cut it and get rid of them. And I remember this is just an easy way to do it. If nobody's ever kicked somebody out of their studio before, um, I was scared stiff to do it the first time. Um, and, and I'm not scared anymore. I just don't like doing it. It's but not comfortable. No, no. But um, I remember I, I had the mom come into the office and I said, you know, Mrs. So-and-so, um, I just want you to know that I can no longer service you or your family anymore. Yeah. And then she said, what? And I said, well, I just wanted to let you know that I can no longer service you or your family anymore. And she goes, you kicking us out? I said, I just want you to know that I can no longer service you or your family anymore. Yeah. And she looked at me and she goes, what? I go, I can no longer service you or your family anymore. Yeah. And then she stormed out and grabbed the kids and left. Like right. I just kept repeating it because one, there was no reason to argue uh, or explain. No, because it was done. Yeah, it was done. We'd already done, uh, tried to do damage control earlier uh, and it didn't work. And yeah. uh, so that's, so we, I, I just throw that out there because it is funny, but it yeah. did work. Yeah. Hey, in closing on that particular topic though, I have to say that I've kept people around it and been in misery with those people around only when I finally made the decision like you to get rid of them, everyone comes forward and then says, thank God, blah, blah, blah. And but I you weren't the only one that was miserable. All the other clients like, were miserable. Exactly. That's my point. They, I, I literally had a family that I kicked out at one point. And when people found out there was like a slow clap in my lobby, everyone was happy. Like they all stood up and applauded when they found out. Like, so you, you say to yourself, they're not only annoying you, but they're the ones that are behind the scenes going, oh, you can't, be I can't believe it's that Chian Alley, you know what? He's taking that money and putting it into it and he's doing this and he's, you know, they're always there. Their, their job, I always say this, and this is true to some extent. Sometimes certain people are not happy until they're miserable. Right. Unless they're, unless they're miserable, they're not happy. They got, they're negative. That's their, their life well, is toxic. I, I remember uh, uh, when I was a meat cutter and there was this guy, his name was Brent, and uh, he complained all the time. And I right. finally, finally had enough. And I just looked over to him and he was on the saw and I was doing the trimming and the train. And I looked over and I go, Brent, I said, it must be miserable to be miserable all the time. Yeah. And do you know that he never, ever complained to me after that? That's great because he thought he had a guy that he could complain to that he could commiserate with, right? Because people only want to complain to people who also complain. And by the way, can I throw a vegan thing about the meat thing in there? Yeah. So, so you know when you probably as a butcher, I hate to bring this up, but probably like when you're cutting the meat and you can see there's tumors and cancers and all sorts of things within the meat. They say that those toxins are thrown into the food product when these animals know that they're going to die so that they're fearful and they're spewing these poison toxins into their body and then they kill them and slaughter them and we eat that. So that's like kind of like that same mentality of people where 
if all we think about is poison and toxin all day long, it alters, I hate to say this, but it alters our DNA. And like, if you're always stressed or you're always mean and you're always miss, like my poor mom, I love her to death, but she's like a negative Nelly right now. Right. So like she, she's hard of hearing. So instead uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. And my mom, my mom, though, Dwayne, if, if that was her, though, she'd go, huh? What do you mean you're going to tell me that you don't love me anymore? I go, no, I told you that I'm going to make you a piece of toast. Like she hears it from the negative. Like she doesn't even in her bad hearing what she hears in her mind is negative. Because, and then like, you know, when that crazy psychopath drove the van down the Christmas parade and killed, she had that on loop on Fox News. Like literally for two hours, I said, mom, can we please shut this off? Like, I'm so depressed hearing this over. I want to watch my news. And I'm saying to myself, that's why she's negative because she's hearing, she's filling her, she's eating and, and you know, taking in so much negativity. How else could it not affect you? Right. And if it isn't the television, we're getting it on social media as well. So Everything. yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's, I, I say purge yourself from the negativity. You know, purge yourself if you can from shows that make you depressed and sad and angry and upset. Well, you even know. news too, right? The, oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, just a little tip. Uh, there's there's uh, two primary news sources that that I use. Um, number one is I subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast. He does Monday through Thursday. He's pretty much straight down the line. He's a he's an independent. Yes, does he? He's more conservative, but I'm more conservative, anyways. Right. Right. Um, so, but that's like a, a 40 minute podcast, you know, four times a week. Yeah. I actually listen to it while I'm, you know, making my breakfast and then eating my breakfast awesome. and drinking my coffee. So by the time that that's done, and then I'm also listening to it while I'm making my wife's breakfast and her yeah. coffee. Right. Yeah. So I get that done. Um, and I can't think of the website now, but, uh, for overseas, like for the world, there's a, I'd have to, I'll have to get it and put it in. I, okay. I just, yeah. Do yeah. that. But um, and it just it boils it down. Just, you know, this is what happened here. This is what happened there. It's it's very non-political. It's very down the line. This is what happened yeah. type thing. And, and here's here's my take on the news. And I know we're running a little over. But like if you if you don't know, like you live in central Illinois and, and there's a tsunami in Thailand, as sad and crazy as that is, do will your life be necessarily affected by it? Probably not. If you didn't know that this, and I know this is kind of like a very limited, stunted mentality, but if you don't know that there's a missing kid in Idaho and that, you know, or killed person or a shootout, is it going to change the way you live right now? Other than the fact that now that you know it, and now you're in a depressed mood, a bad state, a negative mood. So sometimes if we, we have no, no desire, we shouldn't have a desire to always know every single event that's going on because we can live, you know, oblivious and happy, um, not knowing about these things that don't, will never affect us ever. Like, I don't care if they want to talk about Biden farting and, this and that and like that like i hate the fact that and or i even falling asleep at that conference like, yeah, I, like I, I would have fallen asleep i i fell asleep at things <laughs> like that too especially after traveling probably overnight into a different time zone and being and I'm younger than him and i would have fallen asleep exactly. so but i i hate the fact that everything is like the social media always tries to get you to be negative fill yourself Go to the you know videos and watch puppy dogs and people got saved by animals and beautiful things like the holidays. I love. I watch so many holiday movies 
now, like on TV, TBS or, you know, Lifetime, they're just uplifting. Like that brings up another subject real quick is take inventory of your social media. Right. Um, and if you're not putting out good and, and positive uh, uh, things, you know, one, go, go through your social media and take those negative things off. Yeah. And get rid of the people that all the, that are friends. You could snooze them or block them or unfriend them or maybe just freeze so you don't see their stuff. But if you have a buddy or a family member that's always negative, 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 I, I don't want to see it anymore. I've blocked many people. I've gotten rid of them. I've snoozed them. Then I've unfriended. I've unfriended family members. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, and yeah, I don't need them. Why do you need that? Like, I can't understand why people enjoy the drama. Like, I, I have a family member, you know, my wife's family. Every day they're on the phone telling her negative things. I'm like, you got to learn how to say, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to talk about it. Don't tell me about it. I don't want to be in this drama. I don't want my present time affected by your negativity. Like I have, I tell my wife, I go, we have a beautifully blessed life. We love each other. We have a great house. We have two beautiful dogs, uh, your stepdaughter, my daughter. I go, we have no problems. There's nothing bad in our life. Why are we going to let some outside force inject our lives with their toxin? You know what I mean? So you got to be careful that people don't pull you into their crap, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've even had a student before. I remember when she would uh, complain about some stuff at work and, and ask me how to, you know, take care of it. And I said, well, you should do X, Y, and Z. And then she'd come back and complain again. And I said, well, did you, you know, do it? Yeah. Yeah. Did you do X, Y, and Z? And no. she said, no. I said, then go do X, Y, and Z. Then she'd come back again and say it again. Well, at the third time when she said it and she said she didn't go do it, I said, I don't want to hear about this again, unless you actually go and do something right. about it. Yeah. You know what they call people like that? They call them ask, A-S-K, holes, ask holes. I like that. <laughs> so, I mean, and I don't curse, you know that, but that's kind of the metaphor. It's funny. I had a lady who would get me on social media and say, I need help. I can't believe you have such a great life. You're, you and your wife are so happy, uh, you know, and this and that. And, and I'd be like, you can't throw up your toxin on me. I, I don't want this. Like I said, here's what you could do. I even said, buy my book, just pay the shipping. I'll pay half shipping and I'll send you the book. I don't have the money. Like, okay. You know, yet, you know, they want me to hear their, I'm not a psychologist. I don't want to no. hear your complaint. above my pay grade. Yeah. You know, you want to pay me $85 a session to listen to you? I'll do it. Right. Like, but, 150, what yeah, you but you know about? what I mean? Like, it's like they, people think they could throw up all over you and unload their problems on you. Um, but then again, if you're a normal, compassionate, empathetic person, you kind of take a little of that in. You're sad that your friend is sad you know like you know it's so you want to be careful that you don't allow that and that's another personal inventory thing if you want to live a happier life surround yourself with happier people or don't allow the negative people to change the way your positivity is right don't let their negativity affect you yeah so uh you want to fill in everybody what what we've got coming up next week i don't know what it is i'm forgetting you got to tell me i, I yeah forget. so we're going to be talking about next year's goals okay Right. Um, and and uh, just what it's going to look like for a studio owner, what the what the goals are and those type of things. But not only our goals for our own studios and whether it's our, you know, our personal goals or even the uh, the, the goals for the studio, um, you know, professional goals. But we are inviting uh, some of our contributors to come back and talk about, um, you know, their goals. Right. And, you know, what what they're looking forward to in 2022 and right. share those things. So we're going to have uh, individuals that will be popping in and out 
yeah. uh, be very interactive, kind of like we did uh, on our on our 300th episode where we had people popping in and out. And so I'm excited about that. Yeah, uh, me too. You and I are big goal setters. Like we love to set goals, right? So I know that, um, but we're also cognizant and aware that our we have to accept that we're our achievements and and celebrate, right? But we want to set those goals for the future. And now's the time to be thinking about how you're going to kill it in January and February. Don't let it hit you and then start thinking about what you could do to catch up. Start thinking about it now. Yeah, and then uh, on uh, on our next call, I'm going to introduce a concept called structural tension, um, which will help uh, individuals, um, you know, not only set their goals, but more importantly, after you set them to to reach those goals. So right. we'll be talking about structural tension next week. I love it. Awesome. I'm excited. All right, dude. We ran over. We're almost ten minutes over. Ah, you know, so what? I like it. I'm glad. There's a lot to. We could stay on for another hour. There's a lot to talk about in regards to personal life and happiness and all that. But let. We'll, uh, we'll let it go for today, and then we'll jump back on next week with even more positive stuff. Yeah, and I just want to remind everybody that you can uh, get all the podcasts at uh, schoolownertalk.com. Of course, we're on all platforms. Uh, just look us up, and, and apparently it's all one word when you look it up. Uh, so if you're going to do a search in iTunes or Spotify or anything, just put it all in one word, School Owner Talk. No spaces. Uh, no spaces, and then it'll come up. Okay, awesome. All right, dude, you have an amazing day. We'll talk later. I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you too, sir. Yeah, man, we'll talk soon, okay? Take care, Dwayne. All right, have a good one. All right, bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Owner Talk podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out Elite Insights for all your website needs. LeadHunterMedia.com, your online digital marketer and content provider. Academy Kings BJJ Growth Consulting and Management Group at GrowMyAcademy.com. SparkMembership.com, hands down the best martial arts software for school owner management on the planet. GetKarateStudents.com, a martial arts growth consulting company for all your systems. AdHealthCoaching.com, helping school owners create a whole nother revenue stream for their school. We will see you next time.